The Golden Poppy by Jack London. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Golden Poppy. I have a poppy field. That is, by the grace of God and the good nature of editors, I am enabled to place each month diverse gold pieces into a clerical gentleman's hands, and in return for said gold pieces, I am each month reinvested with certain proprietary rights in a poppy field. This field blazes on the rim of the Piedmont Hills. Beneath lies all the world. In the distance, across the silver sweep of bay, San Francisco smokes on her many hills like a second Rome. Not far away, Mount Tamalpe thrusts a rugged shoulder into the sky, and midway between is the Golden Gate, where sea mist loves to linger. From the poppy field we often see the shimmering blue of the Pacific beyond, and the busy ships that go forever out and in. We shall have great joy in our poppy field, said Bess. Yes, said I, how the poor city folk will envy when they come to see us, and how we will make all well again when we send them off with great golden armfuls. But those things will have to come down, I added, pointing to numerous obtrusive notices, relics of the last tenant, displayed conspicuously along the boundaries and bearing each and all this legend private grounds no trespassing why should we refuse the poor city folk a ramble over our field because forsooth they have not the advantage of our acquaintance how i abhor such things said bess the arrogant symbols of power they disgrace human nature said i they shame the generous landscape said she and they are abominable piggish quoth i hotly down with them we looked forward to the coming of the poppies, did Bess and I, looked forward as only creatures of the city may look who have been long denied. I have forgotten to mention the existence of a house above the poppy field, a squat and wandering bungalow in which we had elected to forsake town traditions and live in fresher and more vigorous ways. The first poppies came, orange, yellow, and golden, in the standing grain, and we went about gleefully, as though drunken with their wine, and told each other that the poppies were there. We laughed at unexpected moments, in the midst of silences, and at times grew ashamed and stole forth secretly to gaze upon our treasury. But when the great wave of poppy flame finally spilled itself down the field, we shouted aloud and danced and clapped our hands, freely and frankly mad. And then came the Goths. My face was in a lather the time of the first invasion, and I suspended my razor in midair to gaze out on my beloved field. At the far end I saw a little girl and a little boy, their arms filled with yellow spoil. Ah, thought I, an unwanted benevolence burgeoning, what a delight to me is their delight. It is sweet that children should pick poppies in my field. All summer shall they pick poppies in my field. But they must be little children, I added as an afterthought, and they must pick from the lower end. This last prompted by a glance at the great golden fellows nodding in the wheat beneath my window. 
then the razor descended shaving was always an absorbing task and i did not glance out of the window again until the operation was completed and then i was bewildered surely this was not my poppy field no and yes for there were the tall pines clustering austerely together on one side the magnolia tree burdened with bloom and the japanese quinces splashing the driveway hedge with blood yes it was the field but no wave of poppy flame spilled down it nor did the great golden fellows nod in the wheat beneath my window i rushed into a jacket and out of the house in the far distance were disappearing two huge balls of color orange and yellow for all the world like perambulating poppies of cyclopean breed johnny said i to the nine-year-old son of my sister johnny whenever little girls come into our field to pick poppies you must go down to them and in a very quiet and gentlemanly manner tell them it is not allowed warm days came and the sun drew another blaze from the free-bosomed earth whereupon a neighbor's little girl at the behest of her mother duly craved and received permission from bess to gather a few poppies for decorative purposes but of this i was uninformed and when i descried her in the midst of the field i waved my arms like a semaphore against the sky little girl called i little girl the little girl's legs blurred the landscape as she fled and in high elation i sought best to tell her the potency of my voice nobly she came to the rescue departing forthwith on an expedition of conciliation and explanation to the little girl's mother but to this day the little girl seeks cover at sight of me and i know the mother will never be as cordial as she would otherwise have been came dark overcast days stiff driving winds and pelting rains day on day without end and the city folk cowered in their dwelling places like flood beset rats and like rats half drowned and gasping when the weather cleared they crawled out and up the green piedmont slopes to bask in the blessed sunshine and they invaded my field in swarms and droves crushing the sweet wheat into the earth and with lustful hands ripping the poppies out by the roots i shall put up the warnings against trespassing i said yes said bess with a sigh i'm afraid it is necessary the day was yet young when she sighed again i'm afraid old man that your signs are of no avail people have forgotten how to read these days i went out on the porch a city nymph in cool summer gown and picture hat paused before one of my newly reared warnings and read it through with care profound deliberation characterized her movements she was statuesquely tall but with a toss of her head and a flirt of her skirt she dropped on hands and knees crawled under the fence and came to her feet on the inside with poppies in both her hands i walked down the driveway and talked ethically to her and she went away then i put up more signs at one time years ago these hills were carpeted with poppies as between the destructive forces and the will to live the poppies maintained an equilibrium with their environment but the city folk constituted a new and terrible destructive force the equilibrium was overthrown and the poppies well nigh perished 
since the city folk plucked those with the longest stems and the biggest bowls and since it is the law of kind to procreate kind the long-stemmed big-bowled poppies failed to go to seed and the stunted short-stemmed variety remained to the hills and not only was it stunted and short-stemmed but sparsely distributed as well each day and every day for years and years the city folk swarmed over the piedmont hills and only here and there did the genius of the race survive in the form of miserable little flowers close clinging and quick blooming like children of the slums dragged hastily and precariously through youth to a shriveled and futile maturity on the other hand the poppies had prospered in my field and not only had they been sheltered from the barbarians but also from the birds long ago the field was sown in wheat which went to seed unharvested each year and in the cool depths of which the poppy seeds were hidden from the keen-eyed songsters and further climbing after the sun through the wheat stalks the poppies grew taller and taller and more royal even than the primordial ones of the open so the city folk gazing from the bare hills to my blazing burning field were sorely tempted and it must be told as sorely fell but no sorer was their fall than that of my beloved poppies where the grain holds the dew and takes the bite from the sun the soil is moist and in such soil it is easier to pull the poppies out by the roots than to break the stalk now the city folk like other folk are inclined to move along the line of least resistance and for each flower they gathered they were also gathering many crisp rolled buds and with them all the possibilities and future beauties of the plant for all time to come one of the city folk a middle-aged gentleman with white hands and shifty eyes especially made life interesting for me we called him the repeater what of his ways when from the porch we implored him to desist he was wont slowly and casually to direct his steps toward the fence simulating finally the actions of a man who had not heard but whose walk instead had terminated of itself or of his own volition to heighten this effect now and again still casually and carelessly he would stoop and pluck another poppy thus did he deceitfully save himself the indignity of being put out and rob us of the satisfaction of putting him out but he came and he came often each time getting away with an able-bodied man's share of plunder it is not good to be of the city folk of this i am convinced there is something in the mode of life that breeds an alarming condition of blindness and deafness or so it seems with the city folk that come to my poppy field of the many to whom i have talked ethically not one has been found who ever saw the warnings so conspicuously displayed while to those called out to from the porch possibly one in fifty has heard also i have discovered that the relation of city folk to country flowers is quite analogous to that of a starving man to food no more than a starving man realizes that five pounds of meat is not so good as an ounce do they realize that five hundred poppies crushed and bunched are less beautiful than two or three in a free cluster where the green leaves and golden bowls may expand to their full loveliness less forgivable than the unesthetic are the mercenary hordes of young rascals plunder me and rob the future that they may stand on street corners and retail california poppies only five cents a bunch 
in spite of my precautions some of them made a dollar a day out of my field one horde do i remember with keen regret reconnoitering for a possible dog they applied at the kitchen door for a drink of water please while they drank they were besought not to pick any flowers they nodded wiped their mouths and proceeded to take themselves off by the side of the bungalow they smote the poppy field beneath my windows spread out fan-shaped six wide picking with both hands and ripped a swath of destruction through the very heart of the field no cyclone traveled faster or destroyed more completely i shouted after them but they sped on the wings of the wind great regal poppies broken stalked and mangled trailing after them or cluttering their wake the most high-handed act of piracy i am confident ever committed off the high seas one day i went a-fishing and on that day a woman entered the field appeals and remonstrances from the porch having no effect upon her bess dispatched a little girl to beg of her to pick no more poppies the woman calmly went on picking then bess herself went down through the heat of the day but the woman went on picking and while she picked she discussed property and proprietary rights denying bess's sovereignty until deeds and documents should be produced in proof thereof and all the time she went on picking never once overlooking her hand she was a large woman belligerent of aspect and bess was only a woman and not prone to fisticuffs so the invader picked until she could pick no more said good day and sailed majestically away people have really grown worse in the last several years i think said bess to me in a tired sort of voice that night as we sat in the library after dinner next day i was inclined to agree with her there's a woman and a little girl heading straight for the poppies said may a maid about the bungalow i went out on the porch and waited their advent they plunged through the pine trees and into the fields and as the roots of the first poppies were pulled i called to them they were about a hundred feet away the woman and the little girl turned to the sound of my voice and looked at me please do not pick the poppies i pleaded they pondered this for a minute then the woman said something in an undertone to the little girl and both backs jackknifed as the slaughter recommenced i shouted but they had become suddenly deaf i screamed and so fiercely that the little girl wavered dubiously and while the woman went on picking i could hear her in low tones heartening the little girl i recollected a siren whistle with which i was wont to summon johnny the son of my sister it was a fearsome thing of a kind to wake the dead and i blew and blew but the jackknifed backs never unclasped i do not mind with men but i have never particularly favored physical encounters with women yet this woman who encouraged a little girl in iniquity tempted me i went into the bungalow and fetched my rifle flourishing it in a sanguinary manner and scowling fearsomely i charged upon the invaders the little girl fled screaming to the shelter of the pines but the woman calmly went on picking she took not the least notice i had expected her to run at the sight of me and it was embarrassing there was i charging down the field like a wild bull upon a woman who would not get out of the way i could only slow down supremely conscious of how ridiculous it all was at a distance of ten feet she straightened up and deigned to look at me i came to a halt and blushed to the roots of my hair 
perhaps i really did frighten her i sometimes try to persuade myself that this was so or perhaps she took pity on me but at any rate she stalked out of my field with great composure nay majesty her arms brimming with orange and gold nevertheless thenceforward i saved my lungs and flourished my rifle also i made fresh generalizations to commit robbery women take advantage of their sex men have more respect for property than women men are less insistent in crime than women and women are less afraid of guns than men likewise we conquer the earth in hazard and battle by the virtues of our mothers we are a race of land robbers and sea robbers we anglo-saxons and small wonder when we suckle at the breasts of a breed of women such as maraud my poppy field still the pillage went on sirens and gun flourishings were without avail the city folk were great of heart and undismayed and i noted the habit of repeating was becoming general what booted it how often they were driven forth if each time they were permitted to carry away their ill-gotten plunder when one has turned the same person away twice and thrice an emotion arises somewhat akin to homicide and when one has once become conscious of this sanguinary feeling his whole destiny seems to grip hold of him and drag him into the abyss more than once i found myself unconsciously pulling the rifle into position to get a sight on the miserable trespassers in my sleep i slew them in manifold ways and threw their carcasses into the reservoir each day the temptation to shoot them in the legs became more alluring and every day i felt my fate calling to me imperiously visions of the gallows rose up before me and with the hemp about my neck i saw stretched out the pitiless future of my children dark with disgrace and shame i became afraid of myself and bess went about with anxious face privily beseeching my friends to entice me into taking a vacation then and at the last gasp came the thought that saved me why not confiscate if their forays were bootless in the nature of things their forays would cease the first to enter my field thereafter was a man i was waiting for him and oh joy it was the repeater himself smugly complacent with knowledge of past success i dropped the rifle negligently across the hollow of my arm and went down to him i am sorry to trouble you for those poppies i said in my oiliest tones but really you know i must have them he regarded me speechlessly it must have made a great picture it surely was dramatic with the rifle across my arm and my suave request still ringing in my ears i felt like black bart and jesse james and jack shepherd and robin hood and whole generations of highwaymen come come i said a little sharply and in what i imagined was the true fashion i am sorry to inconvenience you believe me but i must have those poppies i absently shifted the gun and smiled that fetched him without a word he passed them over and turned his toes toward the fence but no longer casual and careless was his carriage nor did he stoop to pick the occasional poppy by the way that was the last of the repeater i could see by his eyes that he did not like me and his back reproached me all the way down the field and out of sight from that day the bungalow has been flooded with poppies every vase and earthen jar is filled with them 
they blaze on every mantel and run riot through all the rooms i present them to my friends in huge bunches and still the kind city folks come and gather more for me sit down for a moment i say to the departing guest and there we sit in the shade of the porch while aspiring city creatures pluck my poppies and sweat under the brazen sun and when their arms are sufficiently weighted with my yellow glories i go down with the rifle over my arm and disburden them thus have i become convinced that every situation has its compensations confiscation was successful so far as it went but i had forgotten one thing namely the vast number of the city folk though the old transgressors came no more new ones arrived every day and i found myself confronted with the titanic task of educating a whole city full to the inexpediency of raiding my poppy field during the process of disburdening them i was accustomed to explaining my side of the case but i soon gave this over it was a waste of breath they could not understand to one lady who insinuated that i was miserly i said my dear madam no hardship is worked upon you had i not been parsimonious yesterday and the day before these poppies would have been picked by the city hordes of that day and the day before and your eyes which today have discovered this field would have beheld no poppies at all the poppies you may not pick today are the poppies i did not permit to be picked yesterday and the day before therefore believe me you are denied nothing but the poppies are here today she said glaring carnivorously upon their glow and splendor i will pay you for them said a gentleman at another time i had just relieved him of an armful i felt a sudden shame i know not why unless it be that his words had just made clear to me that a monetary as well as an aesthetic value was attached to my flowers the apparent sordidness of my position overwhelmed me and i said weakly i do not sell my poppies you may have what you have picked but before the week was out i confronted the same gentleman again i will pay you for them he said yes i said you may pay me for them twenty dollars please he gasped looked at me searchingly gasped again and silently and sadly put the poppies down but it remained as usual for a woman to attain the sheerest pitch of audacity when i declined payment and demanded my plucked beauties she refused to give them up i pick these poppies she said and my time is worth money when you have paid me for my time you may have them her cheeks flamed rebellion and her face withal a pretty one was set and determined now i was a man of the hill tribes and she was a mere woman of the city folk and though it is not my inclination to enter into details it is my pleasure to state that that bunch of poppies subsequently glorified the bungalow and that the woman departed to the city unpaid anyway they were my poppies they are god's poppies said the radiant young radical democratically shocked at the sight of me turning city folk out of my field and for two weeks she hated me with a deathless hatred i sought her out and explained i explained at length i told the story of the poppy as matterlink had told the life of the bee i treated the question biologically psychologically and sociologically i discussed it ethically and aesthetically i grew warm over it and impassioned and when i had done she professed conversion but in my heart of hearts i knew it to be compassion 
i fled to other friends for consolation i retold the story of the poppy they did not appear supremely interested i grew excited they were surprised and pained they looked at me curiously it ill befits your dignity to squabble over poppies they said it is unbecoming i fled away to yet other friends i sought vindication the thing had become vital and i needs must put myself right i felt called upon to explain though well knowing that he who explains is lost i told the story of the poppy over again i went into the minutest details i added to it and expanded i talked myself hoarse and when i could talk no more they looked bored also they said insipid things and soothful things and things concerning other things and not at all to the point i was consumed with anger and there and then i renounced them all at the bungalow i lie in wait for chance visitors craftily i broach the subject watching their faces closely the while to detect first signs of disapprobation whereupon i empty long stored vials of wrath upon their heads i wrangle for hours with whosoever does not say i am right i am become like guy de maupassant's old man who picked up a piece of string i am incessantly explaining and nobody will understand i have become more brusque in my treatment of the predatory city folk no longer do i take delight in their disburdenment for it has become an onerous duty a wearisome and distasteful task my friends look askance and murmur pityingly on the side when we meet in the city they rarely come to see me now they are afraid i am an embittered and disappointed man and all the light seems to have gone out of my life and into my blazing field so one pays for things piedmont california april 1902 end of the golden poppy by jack london